Imagine you're walking down the street, minding your own business when out of nowhere, a brick wall appears and you run into it. Ow. So you rub your nose, get a little angry, and go around it. And as you start back on your path, an open manhole cover appears and you drop in. It's a small one, so you climb out, dust yourself off, and continue walking. Things start going well when suddenly... Yep, and there you are, without so much as an umbrella. Sounds like a cartoon or a bad movie plot? Nope, it's called life. And those obstacles? They're adversity. Hi, I'm Jen Banks. On the groundbreaking podcast AS for Adversity, you join a community of resilient individuals and learn that the way we respond to adversity shapes our character. Every season deals with a new theme. So visit Facebook and search AS for Adversity or download the podcast from the Apple Store or other podcast provider. A is for adversity. These are numbers that will not surprise any parent or grandparent out there. Research shows that 25% of teens are suffering from depression. 40% say they are struggling with anxiety. Your teen or tween might be one of them. And although you should always consult a doctor or therapist about the best approach for your child, there are simple things you can do daily to help improve your child's mental health. Speaker and educator Chris McKenna is joining me through the screen to discuss details. Hello, Mr. McKenna. How are you? Hey, Brooke, I am well. Thank you so much for having me. This is an important conversation. I'm so glad that we're having it. Me too. It's an important conversation. I also appreciate the approachability of this conversation. I think just the phrase mental health, first of all, kind of washes over us these days. I think secondly, it it feels really big and intimidating. And you have a list of really little things that are sensible that will allow us to kind of make a dent in, in this topic of mental health and wellness as it relates to our kids. First, you say encourage your kids to unfollow toxic accounts on social media how do you define what's toxic yeah that's great and the list of things here this is what i share with teens all over the country i was just in front of a thousand kids right last week and we want them to be able to own some of this themselves because yes it's important for the adults to be involved but they need to have some agency and ownership in this too to recognize those feelings and then do something so that is simply an invitation to look at their follower list. We don't need to be following hundreds of people. We don't need that many voices who truly don't care about our hearts and our lives influencing our hearts and our lives. So whether you're 14 or 40, this is maybe good advice for all of us, but look at who you're following. And if they don't make you a better version of yourself and how you feel when you look at what they share, then why are you giving them that kind of control over who you are? Yeah, yeah. It speaks to the content we consume, and your next point does as well. You say if you're a teenager and you're feeling particularly anxious or down, it might be a day to avoid any sort of news programming. That's right. And I think we need to be careful as adults, too, as to how much we're talking about the news. Think about, and generationally, this is radically different. There's always been bad news. There's always been horrible things happening in the world. It's just we've never lived in a time where we all know it all. And that's an extremely large burden for young brains to process all the problems of the world all the time. And they don't need that. Frankly, we don't either, that doom scrolling, right, that we fall into. But I want to protect them. I don't want to bubble wrap them from the world but not all kids can handle the pressures and some of the things that are happening all over the world. 
Sleep, we know, is a huge part of our physical health and our mental health as well. What are some small steps we can take to encourage better sleep? Well, keep devices out of bedrooms. I think it's great for all of us, right? And keep that, that rhythm and that bedtime routine clean. Keep the routine clean. And a part of that is keeping the devices out and turning off notifications kind of into the evening, um, you know, that I think that's good good for all of us. And even yeah. just notifications during the day, we don't need to be constantly picking it up and looking at it. But I think that also gets into, you know, how we spend those nighttime hours. So. Sure, sure. Chris, you describe the gift of breath as a God-given yeah. stress reliever. That's right. Right. Take that deep breath in. We have natural ways while we're, you know, whether we're on a, a walk or breathing that release and then remove cortisol, right? It gets rid of that stress chemical that's in our brain and breathing does that especially in through the nose out through the mouth and i'm a runner so that's a good thing anyway but it's so healthy for us to do that fill your body with the oxygen little things that kids can do breathe 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 you encourage the teens that you speak to again kids all across the country to hug someone to hug someone and this is something that actually i think parents can step up and do a better job of as well Absolutely. i was i was watching a, a meme back to social media but here we are a couple weeks ago that said don't let go until your kids let go and i thought yeah. about that in the rush of our, our busy lives that physical touch or that human connection is so crucial isn't it it is we need to be in that kind of contact physical contact with people that we know and love when that happens our brains release oxytocin that is the cuddle hormone, right? And what that does, it's like Pac-Man. I tell this to kids. It's like Pac-Man for the stress cortisol in our brains. It gobbles it up. And if you're constantly deprived of that kind of connection, that physical connection, that awkward feeling hug, make them let go first, right? We all remember Colin Karchner in the area, right? He used to talk about the eight-second hug. It's mm -hmm. that principle mm -hmm. of holding on tight that really matters. You encourage kids to tell someone. How can we as parents facilitate more open communication with our kids, Chris? I think by us leading the way. Um, John Acuff is a speaker and he talks about the gift, giving people the gift of going second. And I think this is helpful with our teens. When we're open and honest about how we're feeling, I think they feel permission to share how they feel. One of the things, Brooke, that I tell teens is Contrary to what we sometimes tell ourselves, some of the healthiest people I know go to therapy. It is helpful to talk to somebody else, to get that out so that our secrets don't become toxic to us. And that's what can oftentimes happen. Well, it promotes what? Shame and secrecy and those emotions just build if we're bottling them in. Our own Studio 5 parenting contributor just last week, Heather Johnson, made the really smart point, I thought, that most of our problems begin in our brain, right? We th there are thoughts. Most of our problems exist in our thoughts. And so this idea or this invitation to tell and to share, it, it lifts that burden significantly, doesn't it? It does. It it. it make sticky thoughts less sticky, right? Well we want those thoughts to be a little bit more like clouds that float by, but every once in a while they stick. Yeah. And we can unstick them by doing some of these things, talking, moving, breathing, right? That I think help get them to move along. Let's talk more about that movement, physical movement. You encourage kids to move, to take a walk. That's right. I, I have a, an advisor of mine who works with me here at Protect Young Eyes. And he says, you know what, Chris, neurologically, and for your just overall mental well-being, it's better for you to kick a rock down the road than it is for you to scroll through social media. 
Mm. That that's more engaging to your body because of what you're doing and thinking. It gives you time alone to be bored and process your thoughts. And that creates emotional resilience and reflection, right? All from kicking a rock down the road. So I kind of laugh and joke with them about that. But it's true. Yeah. Let's kick a rock instead of scrolling. Taking a break from a screen, I know, is one of your standout tips uh, for better mental health. I want to end on this point, though. Chris, you encourage kids to get help. Do you feel like they're more open to this suggestion to get help? I think that when there are others other than their parents who can make that suggestion to them, sometimes a word of advice or an encouragement from somebody else, be it a grandparent, another trusting adult. This is why I think it's important to surround our children with loving adults, sometimes other than moms and dads, who kids sort of drown out and quit listening to. We all did, right? Yeah, Every once in a while. But sometimes the same advice hits different from a different person. Mm -hmm. And so can we keep those loving other adults speaking life and truth into yes. our kids so that they can feel open enough to do that? I love it. Chris, thank you for these very doable and approachable suggestions for better health for our kids, for our teens, for ourselves. Where can we hear more from you? Follow us on social media at Protect Young Eyes or visit us on our website for all kinds of helpful tips at protectyoungeyes.com. I will, Chris. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you through the screen. Thank you. Bye-bye.